I brought biscuits. Oh, thank you so much. I've been having such a rough time since the breakup. You know, I, I never liked Ozma, Ugh. and I'm still really mad that she embezzled all that money from your joint account. I knew I shouldn't have trusted a Euclidean shape to stay out of a pyramid scheme. Hey, well, look, I'm sorry about it, bud. Hey, Thanks. here are my grandmother's world-famous coffee biscuits. Awesome. Let's this dig in. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. What the hell? Hey, what do you think? Okay, I'm I'm not ungrateful, but I have some questions. Did you just put coffee grounds on top of the biscuits? I mean, they wouldn't be coffee biscuits without coffee. You could have baked them in the dough. And speaking of the dough, I was expecting... Sorry, I just... I was expecting cookies. Like, you know, the British biscuits. But these are just American buttermilk biscuits with coffee on them. If they were cookies, they'd be called cookies, okay? They're coffee biscuits. What part about coffee biscuits do you not understand? Well, a lot of things, apparently. Why does this one biscuit look like two biscuits stuck together? And why does this other biscuit look like a car? That's um, that's how I remembered them. Remembered them? Is this actually your grandmother's recipe? Sure. Probably. I, I saw her make them so many times. It's, it's seared into my memory. Did you taste these? Do they taste how you remember? Oh, no, I can't stand these things. I never liked them growing up. I'm not really sure why you want to be. Well, to why them. were they world famous? Because <laughs> she brought them to the state fair once and they were so bad that everyone got sick and had to go oh home. Oh my God. Listen, look, I was worried you wouldn't like them. So I, I also brought some cinnamon muffins just in case. Aw, thanks. I mean, I appreciate that you listened to me anyway and thought ahead in advance. You know, you're such a good friend. Down the hatch. <laughs> what the hell? The cinnamon's on top again. I'm sorry, okay? It's all I know how to do. This episode of Stormbuds, we deal with our final cardinal virtue, we draw a bunch of old enemies from memory, and we fall in love with a hot goth chick. Welcome to Stormbuds, the Final Fantasy XIV recap podcast on a tempestuous mission to spread the joy of Final Fantasy XIV, and soon to be gaming in general. But for now, I am your host of Light, Jerome Barbatsis, and I am joined by my co-host of Light, Alexander Hambrek. Say hello, Alex. Good evening. Good that evening to us. Make yes. a lot of sense because we release in the mornings, but we record in the evenings. Doesn't matter. Valuable insight from across the desk. Uh, today, we are going to cover the uh, final roll quest. These are the ranged physical or arranged whatever role quests for Shadowbringers, Final Fantasy XIV Shadowbringers, as well as the Eden Raids, just called Eden. There's no, I don't think there's any subtitle nope, or called anything. Eden. I think it's just called Eden, uh, which is awesome and great, and we love it. Yeah, I think this is our first episode in a hot second where we're pretty positive on everything we covered. Pretty much. It's one of the, one of the best stuff everywhere. But of course, of course, before we get into that, there's shit we got to do because it's distracting. There's all these lights and dazzling exclamation points everywhere and, and and shopping lists and chores to do. We got to get sidetracked with our side quests. We certainly do. What have you been up to these past couple weeks? I mean, I think this is where it's probably worth bringing up. Uh, I've also, over the last few months, actually, I've been reading for the first time. I've been reading through the Book of the New Sun by Gene Wolfe. Have you heard of this? No, of course not. It's, it's, a, like, it's like this epic fantasy saga like from like, I want to say the 1980s. It's, but it's kind of post-apocalyptic. It's like Earth 
two million years in the future, so many civilizations have come and gone and come and gone and come and gone mm-hmm. that the humanity that's left just kind of lives on the detritus of like all these civilizations past and stuff. Uh, I've actually I've been reading it along with another podcast called Shelved by Genre by the folks over at Range Touch. They're doing a really good sort of um, critical breakdown of those books in real time. And uh, I've just been reading along with those releases and really digging it. I can't believe I hadn't read these books before. They're they're really unlike a lot of other stuff I've read in the fantasy or the sci-fi space. Oh, okay. Well, thank you so much for sharing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you should check them out. They, I won't. Uh, <laughs> I'm talking to a hypothetical audience member. Who's oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More into books than you. What are books? <laughs> I don't book. The only thing I book is a hotel room for when I need to go to our friend's wedding next month that's true that's coming up <laughs> that's, a, that's a true that's a true joke um as for myself thanks for asking of course i'm still on my second playthrough of Baldur's gate three uh i'm approaching the end of act one on that playthrough uh, some very some a lot of content i did not cover last time i played through it so there's still a lot to discover really yeah, enjoying it how different is it for me pretty different <laughs> like it really seems to like have some serious I've made divergences some, i've made some choices um, and I've just, I've also made some choices with, with, in terms of which companions I'm taking along with me. So that is changing the way I uh, am a- approaching the main story as well. It's great. I'm loving it. I, but also I finished up the final, final, final DLC for the case of the golden idol. Oh, I need to play it that. It just show. came out. Did you play the previous DLC? No, I've not played any of the game at all. I've not played golden idol period. Oh my I fucking own, God. I own it, but I haven't played it. I need to find time. Oh God. Okay. Well, maybe that'll be, no, you just need to play it on your own. We're not going to cover that. Like, you're, we, we will, maybe we'll cover it on the podcast at some point, but like, no, I need, I need to play it before then. It's so fucking good. So good. It's so, on my Steam favorites list with like 18 other titles. Yeah. Uh, really excited uh, about that. Really kind of sad that that, uh, that that story is over, but I'm hoping Color Gray Studios just puts out more of that game. Just more of it. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. We just want more. So I do have a question. Knowing nothing actually about Case of the Golden Idol, is the DLC an extension of the Case of the Golden Idol, or is it a different yes. case entirely? No, it's 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 more about that Case of the Golden Idol. Intriguing. It's excellent. Yes, it's all it's all very well told, and it's not just like oh, like they planned for this. You could tell. Um, so that was uh, my major side. Those are my two major side quests that I wanted to bring to the show i'm still gonna be playing baldur's gate 3 i'm probably not gonna talk not gonna talk too much about it unless this becomes the baldur's gate 3 report which is not what this podcast is uh yet (laughs) i really (laughs) want i I also do really want to grab armored core 6 i just know Mm. that i have no time to put into something like that right now and it'll just sit on my hard drive yeah well, that is going to do it for uh, our side quests, I think. Our, our our checklist is clear, and we're off to the races for our uh, main chunk of content. First, we're going to start with the roll quests. Yep. All right. I, I got to say, so, I mean, like, the actual stuff with the cardinal virtue here is hit or miss, but I will say, our main boy here, Lou Reek, yeah. the bounty hunter we're with, probably my favorite one of these. Yeah. I like this guy. He's a good kid. He's a good kid. He's doing his best. He's got some like actual complicated motivations going on. Anyway, whatever. First quest, no greater sport. We meet up with Lou Reek in the Crystarium. He wants our help hunting the Cardinal Virtue of Andrea, who is just secretly like, you know, in the guise of 
Her name is Andrea. I know. It's just really funny that like we we ended on this one because we're just like Sophrosine, Philosophistine, Dionysia, Diaphanes, whatever the fuck. And Andrea. <laughs> Andrea. <laughs> I think it's Andrea who it has that I in there. The taking end, but... the guise of Renderay. Mm. That was her name? I didn't know I think that so. was her name. Okay, who was the hunter range lady from the mm, Warriors yeah. of Light? Anyway, okay, she wanders throughout the realm, slaying powerful beasts who rise against the Sin Eaters. Yada, 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 we go out, trial by combat, come back. Something... Oh, um... Sorry, this quest is not called Something Defeat. I forgot the first couple words of this. What is this quest actually called? I don't know. <laughs> okay. I was kind of relying on you, but the second roll quest. The second roll quest... <laughs> um, she's been cited in Amarang apparently, which we find out because our boy Lou Reek, he hires lots of other people to do things like be informants and trackers and send information back to him. So, um, like, he's like, he seems to have a lot of money. So we hunt around and she appears in front of us as they always do. And I get an echo vision of a bit of her backstory. And what we see here is that before she was one of the warriors of light, she and her hunting party were hunting a... How'd you describe this thing, Jerome? I don't think I would. I described it as a giant leopard lizard moose. <laughs> I, I think I would just let it be. <laughs> it's it's really a giant weird. leopard lizard moose. Oh, it's with the yeah, it's electricity the, powers. Yeah. And also, it is like three different monster hunter bosses kind of rolled into one. <laughs> it's a little bit. I of just a, think she's she is who she is, and you know, that's that's uh, not for us to judge. A little but, bit of what's his name, the lightning beast who like does the spinny jump in there, whatever. Zenogre? Zenogre, yeah, a little bit of Zenogre okay. in there. Sure, yeah. Anyway, it's the scourge of Norvent. So Renderay and her old crew they're they're uh, hunting for because it's a big score, and her companions are all gung ho to just jump on this thing and kill it. And she's like, "No, wait, we need to plan." But they run in foolishly, and of course, immediately get ganked. Mm. The beast unleashes some kind of sonic roar attack that incapacitates oh, no. her. Her uh, friends get completely killed. And then afterwards, she um, buries her friends and says that it's all her fault, even though it is super not because she told them not to run in. They did it anyway, so really they got their own dumbasses killed. But now she's on a revenge quest to kill this beast and avenge her friends. Okay. Uh, flashback to our present, and Lou Reek is flash like... Flash forward. Flash forward, and he's like, oh, that story? That's like a legend that I've heard before. That's but odd. It, whatever, who cares? Uh, and he's like... Uh, he he's just he, well, we got to keep hunting. This doesn't. I'm sure. I'm sure it's nothing, right? Yeah. I'm sure there's absolutely no parallels to be drawn here. Anyway, here's a huge amount of food, and I've got uh, here's and I I got money. I got money, and I got food. I'm a rich bounty hunter. Yeah. After every one of these quests, we just basically get the impression that he is eating an enormous amount of food and drink. He's a total the- trust fund kid. He's just doing this. He's like he's a Burning Man kid. <laughs> Exactly. He would have been in the but, flood. But like a Burning Man kid who believes in it, he isn't quite cynical about the... <laughs> you're right, he would have gotten stuck in the mud. <laughs> he would have gotten stuck in the flood. Uh, freedom from privilege. Uh, this the, the third roll quest. There's a bear turned sin eater in the, somewhere, probably in the woods. I don't know. He wants to race to see who can kill the sin eater first between the two of us. Um, and um, we were, But we were beat by Lan, Landbird? Landbird. Landbird. Land, who, who is this? Who's, oh, he, he seems to have history with them. They're, they're rivals of some sort. Yeah. Um, so apparently, Lurik hired Landbird in the past, but he's not like. And they had a falling out. Yeah. 
Um, I don't know. I, I kind of like, on Landbird's side. <laughs> yeah, like there's this thing here where like it sounds like they had a fight and Reek kind of went storming off and was like, I don't need you. I can hunt Andrea on my own. And Landbird was like, okay, I'm going to take my guys out and we're going to hunt it anyway. Um, thanks. Landbird does have a dickish line here where he looks at me and he's like, hey, and how much did, he co- did it cost you to be his friend? And I'm like, hey, buddy. But also he is kind of paying us. Yeah, a little bit. Um, yeah. Reek's story is that Lambert leaks. We get Reek's side of the story, and Lambert apparently sucks. And uh, ending their partnership was totally Lambert's idea. Um, we, I, don't, I don't believe it. He wants to visit Yulmar on the way home in the Beehive, where we meet his father and mother, two rich dandies. And he wants to tell them about how now the two of us are best friends, and he's out hunting a dangerous sin eater. Oh, well. My parents don't really care that much. He's kind of just doing this sort of for their approval or sort of validation. It's not super clear because like his, his dad's like, it's not even like his dad is like, I will not love you unless you come back a success. He's more just like, okay, that's cool, kid. Do what you want. Here's the coin purse. Don't embarrass us, please. Yeah. I suppose he just wants. There's this moment here where Reek looks kind of taken aback by this response, but I don't know. I feel like if I grew up with these parents, I'd be used to this by now. Like it would still hurt, but also yeah. what did you expect, buddy? Th- these guys clearly suck. Yeah. Um, so he grew up with a privileged and boring life and he basically left to find excitement. He keeps his wealth on the DL. He's smart, I guess. But now he's no longer wealthy. Yeah. Cause like he didn't take his dad's money. He was like, what? Uh, uh, no, I'm, I'm leaving without your money. I'll do it on my own. He wants to live like common people. The hunter's legacy. While we've been gone, because this is, okay, Every between every quest, we level up twice. While we've been gone, Reek has been running around the Crystarium asking for sightings of Andrea. He has no idea what to do with that money. Like, he doesn't know how to, like, go out in the field and actually find anything himself. Uh, but he remembered being told that vision I had as a nursery story at some point. Yeah, so we're going to go find his old kind of, um, his old nursemaid growing up, I guess, his old sort of babysitter nanny i guess nanny's the right way to describe her mm-hmm. her name is miss alvara and um she is this very nice old lady who's living in a filthy shack in the middle of um is it a oh fuck is it, no this isn't amarang this is um what's the name for the Kalusha? yeah Kalusha. Kalusha. yeah she's living in this filthy shack in Kalusha. she's also the most convincing old lady this game has ever modeled mm-hmm. like her face looks actually like it was custom sculpted to look like an elderly person not like they just added a bunch of wrinkles to one of the default face models like i don't know why but this woman like specifically looks like she's actually 70 well go off miss olvara uh story time she uh, and her friends all admired renda ray growing up so renda ray was kind of older than her uh but she was around for that whole thing and even after their legacy was tarnished uh renda ray was kind of the hero that miss olvara looked up to she was the best hunter who ever lived. She made companions and got famous. They off got off to send off the to the most. Eventually, they set off to hunt the most dangerous beast in the realm, Balamquits. Balamquits. The names in this set of quest. All these names are weird. That's the vision we had. That was that quest. Yeah. She found mm-hmm. Ardbert and accompanied him after all her friends died, keeping her tragic past secret from them. Oh, Shh. Don't tell anyone about your dead friends. Having invented a way to withstand the roar that paralyzed her before, so she went alone to confront the beast again. But this time she succeeded. She did it. She went back to Arbert and the rest and never told anybody. Huh. That's weird. Yeah, anyway, okay. So we think she's retracing the steps of her journey before, which means that now we know that she might be in the Raktika Greatwood next. So, um... 
we uh we're, we're gonna head oh um so then he heads off to Rectica Greatwood and then she kind of pulls us aside and is like it's really nice that he has a friend now and it's like it it's no it's kind of this is the point at which I started to kind of feel bad for this boy I was like oh okay he just never has had any experience in the real world or any normal human relationships at all really huh yeah. Yeah, okay. We go to the Rectica Greatwood. We find her immediately. We get an echo vision. And now, as we're doing in all these, we're playing as her fighting the Great Beast. Yes. Uh... Tell tell us more about this duty. Yeah, I mean, so, so like mostly we're like we're fighting it, and it has a whole thing. It has like the stun roar that like will paralyze us, and we can interrupt it with our new special stun arrows. But then again, with the cool mechanical touches in these, halfway through the fight. She gets one of those like group attacks, like the kind of like the pointing orange arrows over your head that mean everyone has to stack up on you in order to like mitigate the damage. Only she's all alone. And so the attack hits her full force and she basically almost dies. And that's when Ardbert and everyone else run in from off screen because they secretly followed her and they're here to help her finish the fight and they like heal her up and they start distracting it, etc., etc. And then when it pulls the same attack off like 30 seconds later, it does the whole orange arrow thing, that thing. But this time, because Ardbert and all his friends are there, they're actually present to rush in and mitigate the damage. And it's again a good one of these things where they use sort of the mechanics of the combat and the duty to Mm -hmm. just have this little narrative beat of like, oh, okay, before she didn't have anybody and so she took everything by herself. Now she has them around and so she's like stronger and more able to have this fight. And it's just, it's a neat touch. I I like it whenever they get to do this stuff. Yeah, she is stronger than yesterday. Uh, But we're going to move back to the present now where Lou Reek is very pissed. He's mad that our visions cost us this Sin Eater. So he leaves, just like he did with Lin- Land Landbird. Landbird. Uh, Landbird. He's like, I'm going it alone now. Yeah, good. Was like, so he leaves. And then we were like, like, okay, bye. And Ovaro witnesses the fight, and he says his parents used to punish him by withholding allowance. He probably feared you, I'm German now, would abandon him and decided to abandon you first and also that you would withhold your allowance. Yeah, he seems like he's got some avoidant attachment issues. Fellowship restored. Olvara says that he keeps sulking and he's clearly missing you and he wants wants you to go search for him and check on him even though he left. So nobody in the Crystarium has seen him, but someone says he's out in the swamp. So we go find him sitting in a clearing. He says something terrible happened and it's Andrea, and we get another echo vision. He tried to tell he tried to tell Andrea that he came to lay her soul to rest. Uh, Lambert came out from behind, and he's a sin eater he, now. He got he got sin eight. He got yeah. his sin eight. Him and all his companions got turned into sin eaters. And wouldn't you know, there's a dwarf healer, and there's all the other roles from Ardbert's party. Like she's making herself <laughs> an adventuring party of sin eaters, modeled on Uh-oh. the Warriors of Light. Uh oh. Um. So he's. We tell him about our vision, and I, because we didn't get a chance to before, and he continues to be really annoyed at our visions. He, he thinks that they keep interrupting things and screwing stuff up. Well, they do, but uh, something about uh, we tell him about how she didn't defeat the beast alone, and then there's some thematic mirror here about you know not being alone, and he said, and, and so he eventually asks for forgiveness. Good enough. Let's go get her. Go get her. Courage born of fear. Last quest. Uh, so Reek chooses this time to admit to us that he's actually pretty weak in combat compared to us, mm, which it's like, oh, okay. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Really? Huh? All right. Well, what's your plan? Okay. Well, she's sensitive to loud noises, just like, um, oh, she's got big ears, just like cats. Exactly. So Reek will operate a noisemaker. 
Um, we're about to head off when all of a sudden Reek's father sends a message saying that he is a shameful and pathetic son who should just come home now and stop trying to do anything ever. And of course, what? the only effect this has is to make him be like, no, I'll show him. I'm going to go out there and prove that I actually am worthwhile. I'm going to get my validation from an external source just like I thought I could. Great. Well, we head back out to the woods and we enter another duty. She appears with the, her newfound companions. Um, There's a great moment here where Reek is like, okay, are we good to go this time? Any more visions? Are we, are we ready to fight? But yes, we're good to go. Yeah. Um, so we, we beat her. I don't know. It's another duty. It's another we're kinda, duty. We got to push through here. We're at... Uh, we're at a bit of a time crunch today. But anyway, her ghost in- shows up and she apologizes for betraying the trust of her friends and going in alone. Things about that. And Reek is properly abashed at this recording. He kind of let himself buy, buy, and he let himself buy into the propaganda thinking that they were just like villains and that he, uh, I don't know, that he just had the wrong, wrong idea about these people and that everyone's just people and everyone's doing their best. Right. Um, he's hopefully made up a sm- for a small part of his contribution to the slander of the Warriors of Light by laying her soul to rest. In the Crystarium, of course, we enjoy yet another feast. We tell Reek about more Warriors of Light, and uh, all's well that ends well. I think so. He's like, you know what? He, he does at the end. He's like, you know, I think I've come to terms with it. I'm never going to be as strong or as good at this whole adventuring and help and saving people thing as you are. So I'm going to dedicate my life to other sort of like, you know, helpful pursuits instead, like going to my old nanny and helping her not live in a filthy shack on the beach anymore. So, you know, good for him. Fantastic. What a happy ending. This, I just, I like this kid. I want stuff to work out for him. It's nice. Uh, And so the so the next episode will be the the master roll quest we'll finally kind of put all this together yep and then you keep hyping these up i'm curious how good they are uh i mean they're not they haven't all been good so far but i think they're I think they're uh pretty important um i don't know i think they're pretty important they're, they're very good supplemental material that i thought would be good to pad content while we we split it up and then turns out we're actually going way too long <laughs> But uh, I want to take us into the meat of the episode here with the Eden quest. So Eden is, if you remember, uh, something that was teased to us at the end of 5.0, where um, Thancred and Reed went out in the desert and they found a big old Sin Eater that, that we're going to end up having to siege. Uh, so this quest line begins with the quest in the middle of nowhere in the crystarium it's just a soldier who's looking for us because reen has been looking for us and he goes and gets her yeah and so basically so she's detected a concentration of light out in the empty the total like complete and utter wasteland mm-hmm. and there's concerns like is it a sin eater is it another light warden we need to go check it out but the problem is that the ether of the empty is still dangerously corrupted like literally the soil cannot support life it is as sterile as sterile gets so we are like, okay, well, we can, um, they patched up this little vehicle thingy here in the Crystarium. It's, it, what, what is it called? The, it's uh, the Slipper. It's the Slipper. It's like a it's little. A sky Slipper. It's like a little shoe-shaped car. I'll that, hear no slander. That hovers over to the ground like a, like a, like a Star Wars land speeder. I just, oh, um, well, like, so that we, we're on this little land speeder and it's got. Slipper. Sick, sli, slip, slipper. Sky Slipper. The Sky Slipper has sick music, which helps make it look cooler. Um, we're, it's really fucking empty out here. Fun fact. 90% of this world is solid light. Yeah. So, um, 
After many, many moms of, you know, nothingness and maybe a nap, we finally arrive at... Six Flags Great America in Gurney, Illinois? No, 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 no. Enormous white oh. beast slumbering on the ground. I wanted to go on The Flash. Well, <laughs> you still might. Um, oh, this giant beast is still waking up. It, um, It's not... It's not full of light. It is light, it's which not, is a distinction yeah, that a I had board. not. I did think Sin Eaters were just made of light. I didn't know that they were something else that was full. Whatever. Okay. It's the first Sin Eater. So it's not It's not that it became corrupted. From, well, I mean, it did, actually. But, but I don't know. But the thing we see is constructed of light ether. It is yeah. not. It was not a container that contained of light that's been corrupted. Got it. Okay. Yeah, it's like if you had a glass of water versus just a, a water <laughs> versus just like a gla- glass shade. I suppose you're right. Cylinder you're of water. Find a, <laughs> is that one half empty or half full? Uh, it's it can't be either. <laughs> anyway, it's only water. Uh, Ur- Uriandres had an operating theory for a while that the entire flood of light started with a single point, mm. a single being that is the thing that Minfilia vanquished a century ago. Um, this thing could possess the power to reshape reality, even bend the laws of nature. Um, so what shall we name it? Why, Eden, of course. You know, from the Bible. Yeah. Makes, the, the, he says it means utopia in Fae. I didn't realize the Fae were so devout. Yeah, and Jezebel is Fae for harlot. <laughs> anyway. Harlot! <laughs> we're going to set up camp. It's a good word. We're going to get to the quest, Deploy the Core. Yeah. Which, um, so we sent Thancred off to scout around, and he comes back and he's like, I scouted around. There's nothing around. It's it's called the Empty for a reason. There's nothing around. Good scout. Yeah. Reen, um, we get some more technical metaphysical stuff here. Reen is like, it wasn't actually destroying things. It just was stopping the flow of ether, which kind of annihilated things because things need ether to exist. But the ether is still lying dormant in the land, so maybe we could like draw it out and get it flowing again and actually begin restoring this whole empty zone, or this whole, I guess, it's not the empty zone. The, the planet is the empty zone. There's a <laughs> tiny patch of non-empty zone. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, Thankred says, what makes you think that's even possible? Which is hilarious, because Reen just explained it. You know, kind of like Zoolander in the graveyard scene. <laughs> Then Chris just kind of staring at her like, but why male models? <laughs> Orianja, has got good news though. He's like, hey, you know what? It's got a core, and you know what we do? We're gonna we we can venture into the core to seize control of strange beings, just like we do once an expansion. Almost like primals are some sort of elemental Gundams. <laughs> so we're going to we're going to literally map out its interior with Ethernet shards and then teleport into its heart, which. Seems dangerous to me, but we kind of gloss over how all this happens. So whatever, we just we, Orianna's just gonna get figure out how to get inside, and Reen's gonna figure out a way to. Oh no, sorry, we're gonna figure out how to get inside. Orianna's gonna figure out how Reen can communicate with it. He's gonna give her an Android phone, but she's an iPhone girl. But Orianna would Orianna would totally give somebody like an Android and, phone and not understand why the iMessage yeah. difference mattered. Absolutely. Like, <laughs> Not it's just like, like a young girl it's like no all my friends are gonna make fun of me of having green text bubbles but the bubbles are just green <laughs> i do not understand why the cerulean color of the text uh, whatever i can't do it uh, it's, it's 
<laughs> we get it. We at this point we set up uh, a teleportation to get into the core of Eden, and we are fighting for the first time after all this setup. Surprise, motherfuckers! It's Eden Prime. Ah, <laughs> number one. <laughs> lasers and dimensional shifts and a giant planet laser that shoots us into the center of the galaxy that explodes. Normally, the, normally the Prime is at the end with Alexander and Omega, but they're like, "No, fuck you! <laughs> you don't know what's coming." Uh, uh, in, in our version of this fight, Alex decided to use Limit Break One randomly. As a panic. tank, <laughs> I was the tank. I hit the button by accident. He moved. He, he thus he 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 since has since moved it to a more obscure button. But uh, this whole thing interior, it's like it's psychedelic. It's colorful. It's rainbow. Lots of sort of like you know purples and blue sigils flying around. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after we defeat this thing, all the color fades away, and we're left in a void of ghostly cubes. Oh, we love cubes on on Storm Buds. Cubes are a friend of the pod. We conclude that that uh, Eden Prime was some sort of guardian, and we can now safely stay inside Uriage prepares to reactivate the core and it comes back up and we get all the colors back that's cool uh re uh we after reactivating it stuff starts to rumble and get colorful again uh but this time more like a red colorful like a red alert (laughs) and the camera shakes and they're all like oh yep God, I just bumped uh, the mic. Green starts bit. battling for psychic control, and outside, this whole thing begins to rise up into the air, and it's like, it's like a giant Portuguese man of war, except it's also a sexy winged lady, and it's got like a UFO sticking out of the back. That sounds like, uh, I mean, that's that's Tetsuya Nomura for you. <laughs> yeah, sure. That, that's it's it's it's, this, it's it's very strange design. This is this is Eden from Final Fantasy VIII. It just is what it is. Oh, okay. I, again, I have can, not played eight. Yep. Don't, I need to see. Show me. We're going to take a quick sabbatical to show uh, the Guardian Force Eden. I don't, think that's what, I don't think that's what a sabbatical is. Okay. Now, knowing that so many parts of that fight are just pulled from the summon animation, Final Fantasy VIII actually makes that fight pretty cool. It's really good, yeah. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So, yes, uh, one fell, that takes us into the next quest, One Fell Swoop. Reen is linked to Eden, but she has to figure out how to give it commands. And um, it is... So that that implies a lot about a lot of things and a yeah. lot of primals that have existed. But, like, who... But who... Like, if this is a machine, who built it? Yeah, because, like, like Reen is at, like, a control panel. And so, like... If this thing is like a like a vehicle or like a like a thing that you control in that way, like did did the Asians build it to be controlled like this? I, no, I think I mean I think Uriange built the panel so much. Oh, but okay, like he built still, the panel. Okay, yeah. but still, you're able to interface with it. If you're able to build a remote, that means that there's a TV somewhere. Exactly, and like the, I'm not even sure we get a great. An- I want to revisit this question at the end because I'm not sure I fully know if we get an answer to it. Well, yes. Um, okay, so back to that red alert. There are enemies approaching. Um, some senators are apparently trying to reach the core, I guess. Um, Thancred and you're in danger. We'll clear out the interior. God damn it. Did, was that an Telepr- actual... Teleprompter. Was that an actual... No. I need to know. Was that an actual autocorrect? Or did you deliberately fake that as a fake typo that then you could read on air that brings us to the second fight of eden uh a meteor is crashing down on the top there's a convenient square platform for us and yeah it's a winged snake thing and it's it, with the arms holding another lady it's a lady and <laughs> it's a she's, lot of ladies she's got some time mechanics she's got delayed aoe explosions she's got stack markers that's what those are things are called stack markers the yes. orange arrow things yeah sure 
in and out and always that spawn moving out. It's a really fun fight. Um, when we win, the the big snake thing, snake winged thing drops the lady. Thancred and whoever else joins us, they the stuff they fought below was like nothing we've they've seen before, I guess. Which is weird because it's like everything I've seen before. I don't but... know. It looks like everything we've seen before, but we'll take their word for it. We approach the lady as she rises while cursing the light. We draw weapons, but Reen rushes out. Before anything happens, she clutches her head and collapses again. She being the lady, not yes. Reen. Something about her ether is off, but she's not a sin eater. She's got some terrible power. And she seemed to have been controlling all that stuff. What has happened? We She's take her like back to camp. Controlling the other sin eaters? Yeah. And like, I'm going to be honest here. At this point, I I mean, I guess we haven't seen anything about her yet. I did not expect this to be one of the best characters in the game so far. Oh, yeah, I know. She's great. But um, Marine doesn't detect any light in that girl. If anything, it's kind of the opposite. She's just darkness, like Emmett Selk was. Strange. That's weird. Next quest, not any drop to drink. So uh, Reen is getting better at communicating with Eden. It's not psychically screaming at her quite as much as it used to be. <laughs> Why can't you just be normal? <laughs> She's starting to understand how its power works, and it shifts the balance of ether in the empty all the way to the umbral side, which means that like stuff stops flowing and stuff um, like 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 halts and things die and so like because it's capable of altering vast amounts of ether flow yes so if you'll remember there's two sort of sides to every element on this wheel there's two poles basically there's an astral pole that's activity an umbral pole that is stasis astral elements are explosive and umbral elements are kind of maybe dry or still things like that so everything here every single version of every element in final fantasy uh, world is has is flipped on the dry side and so that's where we get because then with this information Urianja has another theory which his theories are usually right yeah. um which is like and this is where i start to, to understand the structure of the raids we're going to do here and they turn out to be very cool which is oh what if instead of like just flying it around and trying to manually restore tiny patches of land what if instead we could revitalize each element one by one in like a series of cascading transformations instead of of like a chain reaction that would sort of like revitalize the entire planet right like the genesis device yeah like so if it if it could suck ether out we i guess if it could sort of draw i don't fully remember the the actual mechanics but basically it's going to draw out we we're going to take eden like a ship and go to different places in Norvrent that we otherwise couldn't go. Um, that used to be used to be rich in these this ether. And each ether in turn, right? Like this place for water ether, that place for earth. So ether. it's going to draw out the dormant ether and revitalize it, and we're go- and it's going to kind of capture it in some some way. And for some reason, we have to fight it. Yeah, it's like in order to prevent in order to prevent a runaway chain reaction, we have to first turn it into a primal and then kill the primal so it gets dispersed. I don't know, whatever. Okay, it's, cool. It, we, we okay. These fights. Uh, the first element we're gonna do is uh, water, right? Yeah, we're doing water first. We're doing water. Uh, first. You know, um, so we'll go to where the deepest water in all of Norvent once. once um, yeah, sure. Lay. I don't know some some ravine. Pretty cool. Um, we're like, okay, like, what if we just like imagine like a cute, easy primal? Yes, we can kill it so super... <laughs> kind of. We have to. We're gonna use the ether and Eden to kind of use creation magic that we learned about from the Asians to just summon to to summon something cute and easy, right? Something very just like okay, cool, like a little water primal, maybe a little bubble that we can just bop, and then it'll be super easy, right? 
Yeah, so, totally. Great. We direct Eden where we want it to go, and then it's time to pour our memories of Leviathan into Eden. Um, and uh, that, you know, that goes perfectly well. And there's definitely, so we, we go out into the canyon and we meet our cute little primal friend, and it's twice the size and it has twice as many heads. Yeah, it's really, uh, it's horrifying. <laughs> Leviathan is, does not look great. Yeah. He, um, he's, uh, he, he's, he, he seems pretty angry also. He destroys the platform we're standing on in so many different ways. Yeah, lots of water attacks, shoves you around. Uh, it's, a great time. Don't have to worry about an elemental converter, or but uh, you kind of wish you did, because <laughs> the it's just it's really fucking interesting how they kind of flipped what we remember from the fights. Because before, when we were doing Leviathan stuff, he would destroy the platform. Kind of, he would like knock the the raft. Oh yeah, yeah. Up, mm-hmm. On uh, other side, so we remembered him doing something. But of course, we're traumatized, so we remembered it being a lot worse than it actually was. <laughs> When we get back after having defeated it, uh, Reen Maybe is pretty... Maybe we shouldn't imp- be the ones imagining all of these fights in well, a row. Well, th- we're the only ones that have fought primals of all the elements. So Reen is uh, so impressed with us and is also now under the impression that all primals are that terrible on Eorzea. And she was like, well, they're bad, but... <laughs> Rian just says, you know, it's kind of... Mm. It's all mixed up. This is lots of other, like, water beasts and various things in there. It's, it's more just my, my conception of the danger of water, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I like this is just like I mean who could really blame us, right? Like we've you've played a game of you played one game of telephone pictionary, you know that our memories are not good. Memories are unreliable. Um so sure, I mean that's fun. These fights are pretty cool. Let's see if our plan actually works. Um out in the empty, we uh take a look and wow, it looks like it. There appear to be there appears to be actual fresh water kind of rising up and filling all the pools in the ground. Um, like it's still, but it's still the same parched white landscape everywhere else. It really is like we've just restored the water, mm-hmm. but nothing else. And so, it, like at that point, I can like imagine like, oh, okay, as we do each of these, we're going to add a new element into this white canvas and eventually build up this whole environment. It's kind of like that. That did you play the unfinished Swan? I watched you play the unfinished Swan. That's right. There was like this. Um, there's like this little part with those like it's all white, right? And you have to paint it. But there's this little part with like a canal, mm-hmm. and you have like. <laughs> And you have like water bubbles that you're trying to splash everywhere. That's it's like that's what it reminded me of. Um, Super seismic is the upcoming quest. Uh, so which one this is? Yes, yeah, so it's the Earth one. Uh, Thankard says it's gonna be we- it's it's probably weird to bring something to life from your own thoughts and then immediately kill it. Um, which is like which is a great way to bring the mood down. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that way. Thanks, but dude. We are kind of killing our mental children. Okay. Just our, just our concepts, I guess. When we are asked what we remember of Titan, of course, we answer landslides and not much else. And um, of course, and <laughs> once we get, we get into, into Titan, something about we, we head to some mountain. It doesn't really matter where we go. I tried to take notes, but anyway, we get into the fight and uh, we get uh, the, Titan, instead of being this sort of rotund caricature of giant, a person, slow. is now just a giant muscle dude. <laughs> With, with a half muscle dude, half, half muscle car, Optimus Prime, yeah. <laughs> like his shoulders are these giant spinning turbines that have yeah. like, at like multiple times he does just turn into a car, turbo teen style, and knocks then you off, shut and like race across the the, the platform. It's incredible. Uh, but we end up defeating Titan uh, after a very long and arduous version of the fight on our end. But we made it through. Um, and now the big crystal outside in the empty is glowing yellow, and the land is pretty much barren on top. The kind of the cliff sides, the sides of the land, you can see the earth, 
It's getting some color. We're restoring some of the soil. Um, Orianji points out that it's weird that this transformation is only affecting the area around the crystal, but... Not much further? Yeah. Hopefully... I mean, it's definitely working. It's just not on the scale that we expected. So, like, we're like, hmm, maybe they'll begin, like, spreading outwards from this point. And then Reed collapses. Reed just collapses. Whoops. Because that's what you do when you force the player to take a break. Okay. Until the next bit of content. You make somebody collapse. Final Fantasy. Make somebody collapse. That's his tagline. The next piece of the puzzle is our next quest. (laughs) Reed needs a break, even if she won't admit it. Uh, Uriange will stay behind and analyze what we've done so far and asks her to keep it a secret from the others which she's pretty uncomfortable with like she does not like keeping secrets oh well let's take our mystery lady back to Mordsuk and all rest up a bit Bankward will stay behind and actually let her take charge of this initiative which is nice of him yeah given uh given Reen some of her independence back uh yes in Mordsuk uh Reen has something to discuss with us you know, like, and she's like, hey, you know, when I first detected what was happening out there in the empty, part of me was afraid because it's, it, it was, was pet- big and she scary. She was petrified. But it, like, now she's confident she did the right thing. And she's like, if I listened to my fear, I would have regretted it. Like, but, um, which is like, all of this is like, it's giving us a, I guess in theory, I would have probably been doing these concurrently with some of the other patch content we've done. But like, this is definitely filling in a lot of the gaps in sort mm-hmm. of the Reen arc or the Reen story that I didn't really know that I was missing. Maybe. Like, I, I feel like I get a better handle on how she gets to where she is by the end of the patch content we've done mm. by having the stuff in the middle. Yeah. Well, uh, we're just trying to catch up. And I didn't want an episode of no, no, I, the, the, doing 5.1 and then then this and then that and just like have an episode of like three separate threads that start. No, no. The timing is fine. I'm just saying it, it fills okay. in some pieces. Okay, yeah. great. Okay, but so so what are we going to do with the sleeping girl? Because she's still out. Well, we're going to fucking let her sleep. I mean, I, she probably needs some rest. I mean, that takes us kind of to, I think, away with the fairy. Pretty much, and- yes. Where the girl has finally woken up. Yes. She is... Um, She's a free citizen of Yulmore named uh, Gaia, and although she appe- mm. uh, although she's lost her other memories, that's all she really knows about herself. So Thancred takes her on a field trip to Yulmore to kind of find out more about her past, um, and then when they return, we get a good look at her for the first time, and um, oh boy, it's Veronica from Riverdale. She's, uh, yeah, she's, she's like- the embodiment of eye emoji, lips emoji, eye emoji. <laughs> <laughs> that's she's Gaia. A, she's immediately a very sassy. She's like, good grief, are you always this slow? Yeah, she's dressed very goth, everything. Yep, uh, very uh, heels. Long, uh, he- oh, heels to the lace. heavens. Got like a, like, a, like a cravat. Yes. She's got, <laughs> she's got a corset on. Is it, is, it, is it a cravat when a girl wears yeah, it? Like- she, I don't know. She's got a little ruffle. Yeah, bow. she's got a ruffle. Um, very, very Lolita. And, and she, she's, she's berating Thancred for taking so long, even though he's taking so long because he's hauling her luggage. She's just, she's very self-assured. And um, and also, nobody learned, knows who her, who she is. Yeah, very little. Apparently, her neighbors knew almost nothing about her. But she's convinced that she'll get her memory back if she comes with us. And so she kind of invited herself along to our trips back out to Eden. Yeah, she asked us if we could sit first. And um, Thancred says, maybe you should have chosen more sensible footwear, which is completely sexist. Yeah, he's, fuck you, <laughs> fuck you, Thancred. She is wearing four inch Gaia heels. Can, Gaia can, four. Those are like eight inch heels, uh, and they are on. At least like a six inches of platform. Okay, yeah. Okay, okay. She is fuck it. She, she, 
She is in full geesh and she is giving it to us. And these people do not appreciate it. I mean, I, I got to say, just out of the gate, striking to have a character who just seems utterly unimpressed with us. I love her. Love her. She yeah. remembers. Yeah. Well, nothing. yeah. She remembers nothing. She doesn't even remember attacking us. She seems to recognize me. And like mm-hmm. since meeting like or us rather. And like since meeting the Warriors of Light, the haze has started to clear a little bit. Um, there's like a voice in her head that she refers to as a fairy. Slight which... nod to Final Fantasy VIII. There were some, there were some time travel shenanigans and some consciousness shenanigans inside other people's heads. So, Urianje says that like that the fairy like this fairy is a voice in her head that whispers to her, and it lets her use its power. And Urianje says that this power lets her tear open rifts to call upon beings from the Aether Starved Thirteenth. You know, like like the oh. Void World. And um and she's like I don't know what any of that means that sounds like nonsense words to me she 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 finds Arianja insufferable yes. she finds Thancred annoying she is just kind of annoyed with all of us and she's, she's a fancy like, lady why would she be going around summoning beasts and s- s- swinging swords around she's like I was flying around with with a sword and armor any well, these heels I don't think me? so. Am I the drama? I don't think I'm the drama. Reed and Uriange make an analogous connection between Gaia and a host of darkness to Minfilia and her host of light rain. I posit that she might be some sort of oracle of darkness. She might even have been the living host of an Asian or, or something, something similar. similar. She'd still maintain some control of herself, though. Gaia might look like a goth because of the darkness inside her, same way Minfilia looks like an altar girl. <laughs> Because of the light inside her. Guy is like, no, I always looked like this. But then she's like, did, did I? I? She like question your memory a little bit. It's very funny to be like, wait a second. What if my what if my fashion choices what if my fashion choices actually are a reflection of the deep interiority of my soul, but not in like a self actualizing way, but actually in like a way that's like, oh, something was planted in me that made me like this. But we've been friends with Eleanor our whole lives, have we? I'm starting to think our friend Eleanor is Chris Hemsworth in a wig. <laughs> That's kind of what this is. I don't know if it's Eleanor, but whatever. So, um, but separate from like any like substantive past stuff, though, Gaia does remember Reen. Specifically, she remembers when Reen was under the name Minfilia and when she was held at Uomore. So, like, so Gaia was living in Uomore as a citizen at the time when Reen was kind of captured and sort of. I guess, like, just, like, captured and everyone in town knew that she was being kept by Valthry. Um, mm. And so, like, Gaia remembers everyone going raving mad after Valthry fled. And then not much after that. She kind of resisted his control, maybe because of, like, the fairy in her head. And then it's blank. And she shows up at Eden. And she's got nothing in the middle. And she's like, did my fairy make me want to pursue the Eden creature? Like, what does this thing in my head actually want? Let's find out once and for all. Right. Um... We didn't then get a demo of her magic when she walks to the sky slipper by herself. She's accosted by a, a giant crab spider, obliterates it with magic, and she's like, "What the fuck is what? What the fuck is?" This? It's like a magical nuke. Yeah. I don't know that I have spells that go this big. All of this dark energy is coming from inside. It's only flowing through her. She doesn't really own it. She feels like she just takes a few moments to respond. <laughs> that's why yeah. that's the delay, I guess. Um, she's just kind of had a normal life. The closest to it on Norvrent carrying this weird power around with her her whole life and she's just dealing with this in private i don't know thancred um gets the bright idea to keep her away from eden her wild magic <laughs> surges could in fact jeopardize the whole mission reen strongly disagrees because it wasn't long ago that people were locking her up and keeping her away from places for her own good um 
and it's a just a, she gets a good, gives a good speech about taking control of her own destiny and how she doesn't want Gaia to be the same as she was. Uh, Thancred and Uriange then backpedal in the form of testing her resolve. Why can't men just admit that they're wrong sometimes? Yeah, I hated this. This was such a stupid thing to be like, ha ha, we were testing you. Whatever. We told you she couldn't come, but we wanted you to push back. No, fuck off. Don't Blood test people. Blood and thunder. Sorry, to, but yes, stupid. I hated it. Blood and thunder. Back to Eden. Um, so Reen's like, she's trying to like bond with Gaia and she's like, hey, I know what you're going through, like, but I was lucky to find Thancred and he kind of freed me. And thanks to that, I got to see the world and meet all kinds of people. And I got to live outside the shadow of others. And Gaia is like, one day, like one day, maybe I'll be freed and feel better. What is that supposed to mean? She, her life in more kind of like, you know, when she was there, she really only lived for the present. She lived as if there was no real tomorrow. She doesn't even know if Gaia is her real name. It's just what the fairy was whispering to her when Thancred asked for her name. She's like, look, this sucks. Everyone I know all disappeared or got turned into Sin Eaters. No one remembers me. I have no past or future, apparently. Yeah, Reen tries to relate to this sort of namelessness and asks permission to call her Gaia regardless nicely. Yeah, and like, just continuing with sort of like the things I like about this character, like she's just, she's not really impressed with us. She's kind of self-absorbed, but it's because she's trying to figure out who she even is. We enter her life and her immediate attitude is kind of like, okay, cool. Uh, What can you do for me? But in a way that comes off kind of like she's a very sort of like an independent person, which dovetails with how she seems to have been kind of an independent loner back in Yulemore as well. Like she seems like someone who has been used to taking care of herself for a while because she doesn't think that she can count on other people. Yeah. And like we meet a lot of characters like that in this game, but the characterization on her feels a bit stronger and a bit more thorough in terms of actually like establishing what her life and her personality was like even before we met her. She seems like a coherent person who existed before she walked onto our stage. Right. Continuing on. Well, thank you for your thoughts. Yeah, I agree mostly with that. Uh, continuing on with the mission, we need to, con- we've got four elements left. Uh, lightning is next. We must energize the whole process. So we got to summon Ramu. He's half man, half beard, and another half beard, and he didn't move around much. Certainly we'll summon a reasonable facsimile of him this time. Definitely. And you know what? We nail it. It looks just like him. Does it? Not really. He's a winged centaur now. That's the opposite of immobile. He moves around a lot. He moves around <laughs> so much. After we beat the guy... It's right. Fight. After we beat him and get out there, just like, oh, good. The air is more humid than before. Yeah, the fight's cool. You still have to get orbs, but and, but he just dashes around and knocks you around and stuff. And that wasn't in remote at all. Where did we pull that from? Whatever. It's, yeah, it's just swampier. <laughs> That's all we did. We just made it gross. You know, we, we brought some <laughs> moisture back to the air. <laughs> Gaia, in general, is kind of underimpressed by all of this it's like oh you took the yellow crystal and you made it purple like super fancy i don't know that's a pretty big crystal (laughs) oriange is also like what if we do invigorate the land with wind next and it's like okay i guess we're gonna do wind next yeah because something about the like the 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 air is primed for a good thundering now it just needs the wind to rub together which brings us to into the firestorm which opens with Hurianje yeah, because literally a, yeah. explaining the water cycle to us like it, it's like a it's like a textbook for fourth graders cool he, he talks us through how water evaporates and then becomes clouds and then rains down and proceed like it's the water cycle everyone listening knows the water cycle right so but so we're kind of at a stalemate because it's like well we need the wind to move the water but also if we do that it's going to be out of balance and if we do the same thing we're gonna need fire but then we're going to not have, I don't know, 
it's not going to work or whatever. And Gaia just says, why not do both? And Thancred says, that's absurdly dangerous and you're dumb. And Uriange says, hey, let don't listen, respect women. First and foremost, start respecting women. Second and foremost, second and actually even more foremost. That's super that's smart. Super smart. <laughs> Rena and I are uh, both game to deal with two primals at once. Why not? And Gaia marches off because she's like, God, I get no respect around here. Um, but, yes, so, so yeah. Reen keeps trying to be Gaia's friend, but Gaia keeps giving her the cold shoulder no matter what Reen does. So she, yeah, I, like, she, she, she gallivants off in her little ah, run. That's her run cycle. Did you hear that? It was like... Ah. Ah. Is that going on the soundboard? No. You seem to drop in your ability to go... Because ah. ah. <laughs> she's a woman running in Final Fantasy. Uh, anyway, <laughs> continue. Um, oh, <laughs> Thancred offers to go talk to Gaia, and I was like, for "Oh him. wow, for once in your fucking life!" And then immediately he's like, "Ha ha ha! I was just kidding, actually. That's what I would have said." It's like, just when would you have, have said. said that? Oh, just kidding. You are being insincere. Ha <laughs> ha! Great story. Uh, anyway, um, yeah. Serene is not letting this go. She approaches Gaia, and Gaia's like, "Spit it out." Yeah. And um, all of us from a surreptitious distance kind of listen in as Rena's like, hey, after this whole thing is over, do you want to like go out and get coffee biscuits? And Kaya is completely taken aback. Kaya has no idea how to interpret this. <laughs> They're the talk of the town. They're crispy when you dip in with a coffee, but then they get nice and squidgy. That's not a nice and squidgy. Nice and some other adjective that's not gross sounding, but whatever. And Gaia, like... And again, they keep drawing stuff out just a little bit longer than you expect with this character. Because Guy is immediately like, the only reason you want those is because everyone else likes them. Can't you think for yourself? I do what I want when I want. The world could end at any moment. And it's like, oh, like she... And with, I don't know. I just find that really funny. And with this, we have passed the Bechdel test. That's right. They talked about they biscuits. They talked about coffee biscuits. There's two Which women. Are not gendered to our knowledge. Uh, certainly not. They're... Uh, Reen tries to inspire some hope in Gaia, who is not having any of it. And Reen just keeps pushing on it. And it's like, why won't you like have hope in other people? And Gaia is like, why do you care about other people so much? The Umorians kept you in a cage. You act like none of that ever happened. You are so forgiving and selfless. You d- almost don't live a normal life. Like what is going on with you and then she just kind of storms off and i'm kind of glad she said it because i was also wondering about this like <laughs> reen is sort of like impossibly saintly in terms of how she has coped with a lot of her trauma yeah it might be, must be all that minfilia uh non nonness how do you like it's like minfilia imparted an absence of an absence of negative emotion <laughs> into reen at some point but also, it's like it's good characterization here again because the subtext is clearly that Gaia is almost threatened by the willingness that Reen has to find hope and trust in other people mm. because it is something that she clearly has never really been able to feel herself. And she finds sort of like Reen's easy willingness, like almost alien in a way that she doesn't know how to emotionally process. So she responds with hostility and then she storms off. And I think that is again, quite cool. Yeah. So that brings us into, she's like, okay, well we'll let her deal with that while we deal with these primals. Brings us into Eden six, which is a red green colorblind nightmare. We summon sexy Garuda and sexy Ifrit. This is one of these that we don't really like. We this don't, is- no, this one, I don't think, I think most people don't like this much. Um, the fight is just, it's a bunch of AOEs that are really weirdly telegraphed. So it's not like you're doing anything that different apart from like the hot foot mechanic, which is cool. Um, 
like where where Ifrit kicks one of his balls <laughs> away, and then you have to go where that is. But like otherwise, it's like just got some. It's not really not really doing anything different. It's just doing the same things, but showing them. But like trying to put put, put it's Barbie in a new hat or whatever the heck you know whatever Malibu Stacy in a new hat. There it is. Um, so eh, whatever. We wreck outside and it's actually raining. Uh, we did it. Great. Gaia's not super happy though, cause um, well, her fucking she's in heels and she's walking around in this wet ass sand, and her makeup's gonna run. I'd be pissed. And also, being out here and like being with us when this stuff is happening is not triggering the fairy in her head or oh, giving okay, her yeah. any more clues about what's going on. That too, I guess. And also, I'm sure her clothes are getting soggy. Yeah, she yells a bit about um, Eden not giving back her mem- memories, much like Abe Simpson yells at Cloud, uh, but. This time, the voice responds, telling her to extinguish the light. How ominous. <gasps> Kelsey surprise. Next quest, Heart of Darkness. Oh, God. Not Joseph Conrad again. Okay, so we're back in the core. We're going to go on to Shiva. <laughs> Guy is like, will this actually work to restore things before the flood? And Ariandre, like, he, Ariandre thinks it probably will. It may take decades for it to fully restore, but it can kick off the process. And everyone else seems to have understood that we're kicking off a long-term process here, except Gaia, who I guess thought it would like fix everything in a week. And she's like, again, the fact that we're doing all of this work for generations to come, but we won't actually live to see it, is like, again, it's kind of alienating to her. She isn't used to being around people who actually think and act in that way. And... And, and and also, like, she struggles to balance that with the fact that, like, that right now she's focused on figuring out her own self. She wants to be someone and to stop listening to the voice in her head and to, like, you know, and to figure out what her true identity is and to hopefully not discover that she's actually some kind of monster and that she wasn't, like, that she wasn't sent here to stop us from rebuilding the world or whatever. Like, she is, she's very in her own feelings right now and not sure how to deal with people who are, like, focused on the bigger picture. And so she gets a headache and she runs up to the roof to clear her to clear her head. Yeah. Um, we find her outside on the giant platform where we previously fought uh, her. <laughs> and uh, thus now darkness erupts for her at this point, forming a void from which a dark idol appears, a small little crystal tiara of purple. And um, there are some accursed spawn of light drawn to it, like moth to a flame and sin eaters. Uh, but lots of very small sin eaters. Yeah, it's with giant purple diamond. Yeah, and it's like little like 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 seagulls almost like seagull sin eaters just flooding towards it because they're being drawn to it like moths to a flame. Yes, um, we teleport out. She falls to her knees. We we get we get to her and we teleport her back in time just before the 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 birds get to us, and um, so we find ourselves back in the core. She's passed out on the floor, and. I don't really have anything to say anymore. We got to go and fight Eden 7. We got to go fight the birds. Yeah. This fight is nuts. This fight is <laughs> birds. <laughs> the birds. They just birded a man to death. There's, there's overlapping mechanics. There's these dangerous zones you got to navigate. There's portals, which I kept not being able to follow correctly. You gotta, yeah, you got to think with portals. There's red and blue portals with lasers on the grid. And you got to figure out which zones are safe after a certain period of time. There's like some Ikaruga-like light and darkness stuff too, where you're supposed to dodge the, the 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 light birds with the the the, the darkness ether spell. But then also those will go in the different portals. It's it's a fantastic fight. It's so funny. I love it. It's just birds. It's birds everywhere. You're gonna have to walk me through that. You're saying a big swarm of birds ran a circle 
across the platform into the red platform on the south end and then shoot shot later out of the red platform on the red end and you had to step in front of the birds or you're dead and the person next to you didn't do the mechanics and died yes what's so hard to believe about that oh no the bird has a knife <laughs> uh, okay back inside uh, Gaia is still unconscious after we beat the idol Inside some, she's seemingly dark void, maybe in her own head, kind of. She's wondering where everyone is. She's it's confusing. Yeah, because we're, we're going to come back here a couple of times. She is literally in blackness, like no features, no spatiality to any of it. It's sort of just, it's this realm she's going to end up in a couple of times that I think you're right. It's sort of like representing like a state inside her mind mm-hmm. of sort of like ultimate despair and ultimate sort of loneliness like like it, it's like it's like the point at which she feels kind of the most isolated and the most hopeless yeah um and like she nearly sort of gives into despair at this point because she's just like fuck i'm never gonna find out who i am but she um blinks and sees reen's face through the haze trying to just remind her of all the things they were gonna do um like reen basically kind of strong arms her strong strong arms yes strong no strong arms her into actually going on the coffee biscuits she's like hey remember when you definitely committed we're gonna do the coffee biscuits and you have to you have to do that now and that gets her (laughs) out of spite she's like i did not agree to that and she wakes up (laughs) and this is one of the like i'm not gonna go too deep on this but like there's various sorts of like you know like symbolism isn't quite the right word but just they're doing lots of different things with Gaia to characterize her and one of them is that she is I think in a pretty bad space mentally and that like and sort of like like there's a few things here about how she thinks about despair when she's in the black void and like about how like you know if she lets herself kind of be consumed and if she just sinks into oblivion then the suffering will be over that is like accurate to ways that I think real people often deal with despair in their lives mm-hmm. and, and and like and like it's it's again it's more layering of this characterization on top of her and sort of like giving us more of a sense of what her mind is like internally and what she's dealing with emotionally that again it's like it's a level up from what we get for a lot of characters in this game usually mm-hmm, mm-hmm. well she struggles to get up and reen grabs her in a nice embrace with my, yes and they're friends they're friends this is my friend <laughs> A uh, quick little friendship hug there. On uh, Thin Ice is the next quest. Uh-oh, what element do you think is going to go next? She's standing up and trying to figure out what happened. Gaia is. The fairy spoke to her in a dream, and a rush of memories flooded through her, which has never happened before. Uh, brief she- flashes through someone else's eyes. And Thancred's like, hey, Minfilia kind of ends up being the the eye of the mother for, for Heidelin, right? The eye of the voice. Maybe Gaia is similar to Zodiac. And Rianja is like, that's stupid and dumb and baseless, and I hate you. And this no, is doesn't. where they say, this is where I got confused, because they said, the return of the night tipped the balance towards activity. But I thought that Umbral was the passive one and Astral was it. Never mind. It, does, it doesn't matter. Right. Astral darkness. Astral darkness. Um, an Umbral light. Right. Right. That's right. The, okay. Everyone on the source got it backwards. The first has it right. The darkness is actually the active stuff. 
guys are fucking schisms and shit. Do, do, have like Vatican Four to determine like which one of these is true. Anyway, okay. Moving on to ice, we talk about uh, we we discuss the ice primal we encountered and how Yazelle was able to channel a primal into her own being, which Reen finds interesting. And in order to facilitate this being, again, Reen offers to be the vessel for Shiva. Um, and ice being still impassive is the element closest, you know, with light. I was wondering, like, what would dark ice be? <laughs> would that not just be water? I, that's the, it's at this point where I was like, huh, we have and six elements I, and two of them are faces of water. Like Two of what, them are the same, like, el- actual composition, molecular composition. Is one of them not, like, steam? Like, I, I, guess, yeah, I was like, water? I, mm. what, what, what if instead of ice, it should, it should have been, like, I guess... Rabu's metal kind of yeah metal metal so the chinese usually do it right yeah probably that would have been something anyway it's not china it's it's final fantasy nah yeah um what a joke but <laughs> reen wants to be the reen wants to be the vessel for shiva um thankward is like that like um if the whole point is that we summon the primal and then the warrior of light slays it if you're the vessel that will involve slaying you we're just gonna beat her up a bit we didn't kill Izel. We just take the primal, primal out. Yeah. Reen's like, no, I can control it. I can control it. I promise I can control it. Um, and So we're like, all right, cool. And we go somewhere where ice was, probably another mountaintop. Um, and we hit, the, we hit that button. Queue up. Queue up for Eden 8. And we get in the fight, and the power immediately overwhelms immediately her. Immediately overwhelms her. It's not like <laughs> she, a second phase thing. She's like, all right, here I go. She tr- oh immediately transforms into a full avatar of Shiva. I regret everything! And then into an avatar of light of, like, Heidelin herself. Yes. And then, like, she starts, like, throwing, throwing on giant crystals and, like, trapping the entire party in these giant crystals. And mm-hmm. we're all going to die. And then Gaia has to jump into the fight with a giant hammer of darkness that she summoned. And she smashes all the crystals. And it's pretty sick. Yeah, Eden 8 rules. Um, I heard the, uh, the the extreme version did not rule, but I never tried it. So, but the I love the normal version. Um, it's just so cinematic and so cool. And it's also, I think, the first time we hear Gaia's voice. You are correct. I noticed this. Yeah, they don't they don't often voice the raid stuff, but they gave Gaia a couple of lines this time around, um, which is nice. So we get to the fight. Gaia kind of rescues us. We beat Shiva, and Reen falls out. And Gaia rushes up to her fallen body, and we get this great line where Reen wakes up and looks at her and is like, do you want the delivery? No. It's like, that hammer, it matches your dress. <laughs> Which point Gaia snarkily uh, says, shut up. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> but Reen got some uh, magic ice from her time, I guess, or somewhere here. I don't know. Yeah, she gets to make a necklace out of it. Um, from a distance, Thankard looks on and seems happy that Reen has made a friend from her own world. Someone who will be by your side after he's gone. He's... So he's happy yeah. and melancholy. Yeah, Gaia's um, weirdly timed narration points out to us though that things are not so simple. I didn't understand this device. I don't think it needed to be there. No, I like the weird like constant like. There's like a side we narration. We haven't mentioned like, it. It's like there's no like there's like a narrator here that's Gaia's fairy, but it's also it's like in the same f- font as Gaia's fairy, but it isn't. I don't know. It's like her internal monologue, or like it's, it's like her internal monologue narrating from the future. <laughs> We haven't mentioned it yet because yeah, it's very 
weird narratively. But I think it's worth pointing out at this point. Like, this is the most egregious example of it being like, but this isn't a retelling of a story. I mean, I guess it is for me, but like, not for you and not it, for it, anyone. It's almost like they keep trying to do like a dramatic irony thing where it's like yeah. the narrator is going to tell us something, allude to something that hasn't happened yet. But like, I don't know. The structure of most of these stories is so straightforward that usually I can see what kind of conclusion we are driving towards. Right. And so there tends to be very little dramatic irony in being like, but little did we know something was about to go wrong. And I was like, oh, word? We're going into the third act and something's going to go wrong? Um, back outside, we find life this time. It's, it's here. We got a little bit of grass. That's huge. We made grass. From yeah. nothing. It's it's all working. All elements are in harmony. A grass element. Uh, um, life finds a way is the upcoming quest. There's a couple of quests here. So that's the end of uh, the second chunk of them. And then here's this part in patch 5.3 that comes around, wherein we now just have a quick little interlude where Thancred and Uriange are leaving the first. I do want to say one thing. Yeah. Which is that I appreciate here that even after the stuff we just did with Shiva and even with Gaia rushing in to rescue us and everything... Reen still makes the ask to Gaia, like, hey, will you do this with me? Will you keep working on this with me? And Gaia's response is still non-committal. She's still like, oh, um, well, you know, if it doesn't work out, we can go our separate ways. But, you know, you're kind of annoying, but I guess I will stay. And, like, and again, I appreciate that we are kind of drawing out, like, she's not immediately succumbing to Reen's charms. Because she is someone who has a lot of emotional stuff to unpack, and these things do take time, and she still is going to be uncomfortable at making sort of commitments or over, like, you know, gestures of friendship and and closeness, because I think she's still someone who has a lot of her boundaries kind of up. And the fact that it takes us kind of this entire set of raid quests for her to kind of let that stuff down a little bit is more satisfying to me than if we, than if it happened quickly and easily. Right. So it's at this point that the events of of, uh Stormbuds episode the end doesn't justify the end occur um we'll kind of skip ahead to uh the final tier of Eden empty promise it's the next expedition and the long suffering Aura dude named Yalfort who is the new sort of um courier for us now that he's like the whatever guy's retainer or something oh it maybe yeah guy's retainer i didn't pay attention i guess he brings us news from the investigations into Gaia's past. Ah, yes, he was taking up that cat that that task for Thancred, in his absence. She seems a bit ambivalent about this. Uh, she's kind of looking ahead as opposed to feeling despair about her back. And she made a nice necklace. Uh, she got a nice necklace from Reen about the ice after the fight. It's very cute. And apparently, they bought coffee biscuits together. And like, they feel like actual teenagers here mm-hmm. which is like a funny thing because like so many characters in this game are like 17 but they act like they're 25 these characters are like 17 and they actually act like 16 or 17 year olds a lot of the time yeah. which is kind of cute to see them just sort of having fun together and like having like you know kind of like a friendship where it sounds like they're starting to have like little secret moments and stuff like that yeah um but we got gotta get back to work um, we load back in the slipper and Gaia uh, offers to pilot it as she's been practicing her driving skills. Um, she has been... Um... I, I like this also because like, mm. 
it's a sweet moment because like she's been practicing driving the slipper because she's been putting work in on something that helps her kind of connect closer to Reen, which is uh, now we're starting to get signs that she is letting herself get sort of emotionally invested in this friendship and this work that we're doing, which is something that I get the impression she never really did before. Like it's a subtle gesture, but the fact that she is like starting to do things for other people is a sign that she's opening up. Yeah, it's very sweet. Uh, turns out the uh, we they they talk about how the youths of the Cristarium are planning a festival of appreciation for the work their elders do. It's called the Cristarium Elder Appreciation Festival Extraordinaire. Yeah, it it, it is that. <laughs> that was. Um, I try. I like. <laughs> I, I tried to tried to be as silly as possible with it, just like pointing out like what what would they call it? Captain Picard Day. Captain Picard Day. No, I don't know. So Ga- Gaia seems to not super hear what like Gaia is driving and she doesn't really hear what we're talking about. And um, like we'll come back to that later because it's, it's gonna be relevant. But we, we we anyway we get to Eden. The mm. crystals lit up with the power of light, which is odd because it implies maybe there's still too much light. Like did it? Did it erupt during the Shiva fight? Um, Probably. So Gaia is like kind of like reassuring Reen that, hey, it's okay, we'll figure it out, when suddenly she gets another headache and the voice starts accosting her again. It's just like, hey, darkness, do darkness. It's time for darkness. You want some darkness? Do the darkness. And then Reen in the quest Fear the Dark, not Reen, Gaia in the quest Fear the Dark says, hey, what if we added some darkness? That's a good idea. If there's so much light, we got to do the opposite. Oh, we don't really have any darkness primals. We're not going to just do Zodiac because we haven't fought him or seen what he looks like so it's going to be hard to imagine and remember something but we have fought one thing made of darkness it's the cloud of darkness from the crystal tower content you had to remind me i I did did forget where this was from it will take uh it's probably it's gonna be weird because reen is not super super good at controlling darkness being the oracle of light but gaia offers to pitch in to help manage it um but they can do it together and then we can celebrate at the uh, Crystarium Festival for Elder Appreciation Day. I can't wait to find out how much different that day is from the day I said before. <laughs> and like, and at this point, because this is why it comes back, we we mentioned that, and Gaia's like, "What are you talking about? I don't remember this festival. What are you referring to?" And that's she's referring concerning. to the Crystarium Elder Festival. Appreciation Festival Day. <laughs> yep. Anyway, okay. It's concerning that the guy has forgotten this, apparently. Oh, whatever. Eden 9. Let's do the raid. Yeah, so Eden 9, we do the Cloud of Darkness. It is a much more faithful representation of its Final Fantasy 3. What's the word? What's the word? It's like, it just looks like the version it is in Final Fantasy 3. Right? Sure. What the fu- What word was I trying to say? Incantation. In- Representation is what you have written. Hmm. That is what I had written. That is what I wrote down. And then I decided not to read it. I had a little not Anchorman moment. That's what happens when I don't read. That's what happens when I try to actually have a conversation with you like a human person. I just stutter and fail and crash. So um, back to Eden 9. Most notably in this fight, there's a section wherein uh, you and your teammates cannot stand on a space for too long lest the tile of the the arena give way underneath you and you die uh it's a fun fight the battle music is just the straight up normal battle music from final fantasy 8 which is great i always feel like okay it's really like it was super cool that it op- that, that eden 1 and 2 opened with like the final fantasy 8 boss music 
But then it was always really weird that like these later fights just had like the normal battle music. But it was great that that's in the game. You get the orchestrion role and you can play it in your home now. So hooray! Hooray! Uh, Shadows of the Past is the quest after after we beat that. Turns out this thing in her head has been inside Eden this whole time and has been waiting for just a hint of darkness to get zooted up. Ooh! Ooh, that's good darkness. Give me that darkness. So, so there's an eruption of darkness, and oh my god, I have to admit, I actually did not see this coming. You want to know what was inside Eden? Well, you want to know what was the voice of the even, fairy? Even though they very heavily hinted at it when Reen said, man, she reminds me a lot of Emmett Selk. I mean, I guess. <laughs> Whatever. It's a fucking Asian. It's, it's great. That's how you know it's well written. Like, the clues are there, but she just didn't get the twist anyway. It's Mitron. Mitron, servant of Zodiac. He was... He's one of the convocation. Mitron. He, Woo! He wasn't, like... And it's like, he, he wasn't even sealed inside Eden. He he was Eden. He got turned into a Sin Eater. And he's been kind of pissed about it. It sounds like it's been a pretty sucky existence the for the last Asian hundred years. Fucking theme starts playing, and you're like, God damn it! <laughs> It's always Asians, my guy. <laughs> Got the little red mask and everything. Oh uh, yeah, he is. Yep, that's how you know he's a convocation member. He's been manipulating Gaia into getting us to restore darkness. I mean, he says he's been manipulating her. Like, I don't know. Based on what we have gotten from the internal voice and stuff, it wasn't very subtle. He just kind of kept telling her to darkness. Do things. Hey, do darkness. You want a darkness? It's like super liminal messaging. Yeah. Okay, we also got some more backstory lore stuff about everything, which I, again, I did not quite understand this. Yeah, Reen and the co had questions about, like, why? What? What? Why? What? And turns out that uh, when the um, flood of darkness take it, took over the 13th, everything else got affected, right? Right. Every all the swords and shards and reflections got like I mean when you do something to your fucking body your reflection gets affected. Same goes for sure. I I, I guess. I mean I guess if you're like you know, <laughs> right? They're reflections. They're not literally mirror I, reflections, but they're 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 intrinsically linked. I, and I, I think what I hadn't got is mm-hmm. I and maybe I missed this in something that Emmett Selk was telling us earlier. Yeah. I had been under the impression that it was, in fact, the Asians' plan to flood the entirety of the first with light because having it be well, consumed by light would kick off the calamity back on the source. Well, if you let me fucking explain it. Okay, explain <laughs> it. Right. So that hap- that means that its sort of opposite planet, which is the first, kind of on the opposite side of the source, ended up being kind of or mm, predisposed towards the light element. Um, and if, of course, the flood of light were to consume the first, uh, that would make it another lifeless void, and thus they would be lost to their cause. So no, that was not their plan. It was their plan to stop it, and that was Mitron's job as Eden, to be sort of a, um, a light, not a, not a light warden, but sort of a light filter, something that will help keep the flood of light at bay and keep the, keep the first in a state of just ever so slight lightness, just primed for a rejoining so that its light cup spilleth over ever so slightly into the source, right? Um, thus, after a while, Emmett Selk came to a plan, because what you need is that balance, and then you need a calamitous effect or something um, to sort of, oh God, I wish I could, I wish you had played, I w- like, this is how I think of it, right? You've not played the game AI the Nirvana Initiative Somnium Files, whatever the hell it's called. The right? sequel? The new one? Yeah. I don't put the new one now. No. Okay. I don't want to spoil it. I didn't love the first AI. It's fucking terrible and I love them. <laughs> They're 
so fucking bad. But I love them so much. They're like better than Dong and Rapun, but worse than 999. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> anyway. Uh, there's, I guess there's an, another way to say it. It's kind of like a glitch in the matrix, sort of like, okay, something weird's fucking happening. And then some, some, something in the planetary system has to happen. Right. So he's got this thing, right. He's got this plan, right. He's got these pl- four years of light. And then there's going to be a tragic event of light where, uh, they're going to just keep down, uh, the, the warriors of light are going to triumph over a force of darkness, um, that will then give that light just just enough surge to tip it over and start rejoining into the first, right? Got it. Okay. So, like, when we became the Mega Light Warden, it was going to shoot us over, too. So, it's like making bread, right? Like, you're carefully kind mm. of balancing, like, the flour and the water, and then all of a sudden, it's like someone came up behind you and just bumped into you, and you dipped, dumped a whole pitcher in, and the yeah. whole batch is ruined? Basically, yeah, it's baking. They're baking up something. So, this also explains what the fuck... Um, it's kind of also, when you look about it this way, this is sort of the, the big reveal that, like, oh, actually, the Asians were trying to stop the Flood of Light, which is, of course, why Amitselk was cooperating. Great. Cool. Please don't. I don't want the Flood of Light to happen. Um, but also, it's why Elidibus was cooperating with Uriange to send Minfilia over to the first. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Got it. Because they both, they both wanted something. <laughs> I guess, yeah, I guess I didn't, I don't. I know it. Lydus's job was to level. To, yeah, his job was to preserve the balance. It always has been. And also, I guess yeah, it's not like Minfilia got sent back in time. It's that the time disparity was such that, but when she went over in that content, a hundred years then passed because of the after weird time she, slip stuff. Yeah, a hundred years okay. passed after she had been there since the since the warm since the what since the uh, events of Heaven's Word. Which I just, was about to say award winning expansion, <laughs> which just makes all the Asian stuff way more complicated. Yes. My God, can you imagine having to juggle all of this and also be like, uh, okay, we got to get over there. They're currently experiencing five weeks for every two minutes over here. And then, the okay, we got the Black Rose happening on the source. And then the fucking we come along and they're like, God damn it. My God, it's going to be a complicated job. <laughs> That's why they're so tired of us the whole time. Anyway, uh, so, oh, oh, so, other fun tidbit here. So a... Um, uh, a, a sliver of, of Mitron's consciousness got kind of trapped within the form of Eden. And then Emmett Silk, rather than rescue him, just went and found a different fragment it's of so his soul to funny. replace his like, office. Oh, fuck that. Which, okay, but this also ties into the thing I was talking about before, right? Which is that, like, like because the Asians technically have all these soul fragments across all the different worlds, mm-hmm. you can go get a different one from a different world that's still the same sort of, like, soul person. Yeah, if they have and, the crystal. And have a crystal. Okay, they got to have a crystal. Got it. If but, they have the, you have to have the memories to uh, uh, arise them. But no, it, it's, got, it's so fucking. Which, okay, and we have them now. The crystals, got, the crystals, a missing piece, right? Okay, and yeah, we, we have all the crystals now. Anyway, yeah. Um, anyway, so he called out to the only soul that could save him, Gaia. Um, and he, he's like, uh, like you've forgotten your duty, you've forgotten your powers, but now we have freed him. And Gaia at this point is like, okay, you still have not given me any reason why I should care about any right. of this. And there's one thing I didn't explain yet. Right, there was a um, so. When the Warriors of Light 100 years ago were supposed to, to bring down the Warden of Shadow, they instead said, no, we're going we're gonna to kill Shadow itself. We're not going to kill the Shadow Warden. We're going to kill whatever is effectively Eden, right? But for Shadow, which was the Shadow Keeper. Yes. Um, so that fucked everything up. <laughs> that was what set off the... That's what set off the Flood of Light. So, so actually, it was their fault, kind of? <laughs> no, they saved the world. <laughs> 
Did they? <laughs> if they had killed the Shadow Warden, the the first would have been rejoined. Oh, okay. I okay, got it. And that's way worse than the Flood of Light. It, well, not I really. I guess you're right. It didn't like, kill because, everyone. Like, it, maybe this is result-oriented thinking. Obviously, the Flood of Light was going to doom the planet either way, but it didn't immediately doom it, and it also gave Minfilia a chance to go in and save... 10% of it. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Fair. <laughs> so, Makes sense. Maybe the, uh, yeah, but no, that's, that's the, the juicy irony of it all is they all hate them for causing the flood of light, but actually, <laughs> actually saved them from <laughs> saved the entire being system. smashed into another planet. They saved the entire fucking thing. Cause if the eighth, if the eighth planet rejoins in, that's fucking it. Right? Yep. Hydalin is going to be overwhelmed by Zodiac because Zodiac will have been rejoined eight out of 14 times, which would make her which would make him overpower her okay so this guy mitron or whatever he retreats back into the core and he's like come join me and rena's like oh, i wish orianja and thankred were here to help and Gaia's like what are you talking about and she's like wouldn't they be like really like you know have some good advice and Gaia's like no who are you talking about orianja and thankred who are those names yeah so, that's concerning she's, she's kind of sunshining of the spotless mind at this point yes she is losing her memories faster and faster Fuck, i gotta rewatch that movie it's been so long but like we, we get a very sweet scene here in which all of us kind of tell her about the two of them That's and right. sort of like refresh her memories and guy is like what if i kept the diary and reen is like that's great bestie what if i kept it with you because reen does not have boundaries that's right i watch a movie you watch a movie <laughs> i have seen a movie you've seen a film <laughs> i've seen one and that is, it's one that I want to watch. Um, yes, Reen is uh, a little bit um, like me. <laughs> I'm going to be completely transparent. I get that. Uh, inside Eden, we, um, we, we, why did I, I think I've, hold on, let me check this again. At this point, we sort of make good on the invitation to go back into the core because we're kind of out in the, the, the empty at this point. And um, we meet up with Mitron, who gives us a glimpse of the past in the form of, um, in in the form of um, manifesting something real. So, like, he wants to kind of do this. He he wants to end up recreating the Shadowkeeper in a way in in an effort to sort of jog Gaia's memories about who she is, about what happened to him, and why how she she how she is involved in all this so yeah um, and like Gaia here is like kind of asserting she's she's like asserting like no like my will is my own my life is my own you will not force me into any kind of role and this really pisses Mitron off and right. so he's just like he's like I'm gonna force the issue I'm gonna summon the shadow keeper so he summons that shadow keeper out of of Gaia I yeah believe. summons it out of her so it's like oh that's there that's part of your past huh isn't that weird so we uh we beat it we we fight it fight the shadow keeper it does a lot of slash attacks, summons shadow be- reflections of itself, and then you have to dodge the AoEs based on its name. It's pretty, like, I don't know, I like that fight, but I think it, it can get you. It can really get you. Rhythm is gonna get you. Shadowkeeper's gonna get you. Gaia can't shake the feeling that she's seen this all before, probably because Mitron pulled it out of her consciousness. Um, Martin says that... <laughs> that one's a real typo. <laughs> That one's a re- I don't think you faked that one. That one's a real typo. Martin says that Gaia joined power with him to create the Shadow Keeper. But how is that possible? He taunts her and tells her to cast aside her worthless new memories and embrace her previous true self, um, which pisses her off. He has no right to deny her her life. She lives in this moment with these friends. She's a different person. 
You're and, not her real dad. Well, it, so actually, this is where I started to be like, oh, is like, is Mitron kind of her shitty ex? Like, kind of the person who's like, no, you can't get over me. I don't, I don't you can't have new friends. We're going to get back together and we're going to have what we used to have. We're going to have fun. This is going to be fun. Kind of. <laughs> he ends up lamenting the past, but believes they can forge a future together. Like you said, when Ardbert ended up striking, ended up striking the Shadowkeeper down, uh, the blade of light that he used to strike them down only had enough to take out one of the Asians, and the other one just got kind of fucked up. <laughs> yeah, well, she got killed, and so her soul got kind of re-instantiated or whatever. He got turned into Eden and has it's been like, unhappy about that for a Thor- century. And Thornton wasn't around to show up and suck the other one up into the Eye of Nidhogg this time. So, yeah, uh, like, remember that? Yep, exactly. <laughs> remember that one? Remember that? Remember that? Remember the, I remember that happening. I have Nidhogg. Totally. Yeah. Oh, God, you don't remember. No, I remember, the, I, I, I remember the fucking <laughs> I have Nidhogg. I remember the I have Nidhogg. I'm fucking with you. <laughs> Guys, he doesn't remember the fucking I have Nidhogg. I can't believe it. He, he puts Thornton in the I have Nidhogg. I remember this. <laughs> he puts Thornton in the I have Nidhogg? No, he doesn't. Not Thornton. <laughs> Do you don't remember. <laughs> Not Thornton. La Brea, you fool. La Brea. Thornton is the Pope. Thornton La is the Pope. is the Asian. <laughs> what, you can't keep track of every single memory? Okay, that one was me getting flustered. That one was not me actually forgetting. I know who fucking Thornton is. Okay, Reen does try to bond with Mitron here. She tries again to pull the whole, like, I was in prison too, and I knew what that was like, and he's he's not having it. He's just like, he's like, <laughs> yeah, nope, bullshit. we were happy Stop. before, we'll be happy again, we are fated for eternity. It's like, again, he's a possessive and controlling asshole who is trying to kind of yank her back into her old life. Reen, just stop empathizing with literally everyone. <laughs> Please stop empathizing with the enemy. <laughs> It's not helpful. Anyway, he summons some darkness stuff, and it causes Gaia to get one of those red Asian face sigils that floats in front of her face. And then she's trying to fight it, but then she turns to Reen and she's like, "Who are you?" And oh no, he's he did it. He has sucked her memories away, and now nothing will keep them apart. He sucks them. He sucks her into him, Whoa. and they join together into this giant dark angel referred to as Asian Prime. Yeah, remember when there was another Asian Prime? Yeah, that was one of the first things we did back in the Realm Reborn, right? With no, what? Or like post patch content? <laughs> was wasn't that Laha Brea and it was Laha Brea and Igerhim? Yeah, Laha Brea and Igerhim. Yeah, okay, that's I Heaven's did re- Word. <laughs> that's Heaven's Word. We just talked about it. Yeah. Oh, when we bladed of light the Asian Prime and we only killed one. Cassian, oh. and then the other one was just kind of fucked up, but yeah. then Thornton stopped in. You're right. Okay, that was Heaven's Word. That was Heaven's Word. Okay, I, I got to keep moving here. This is embarrassing. <laughs> That's my job. <laughs> That's my job title: professional Alexander Hambrock embarrasser and, and CEO. Is, is that the? <laughs> Not anymore. It's complicated. <laughs> okay. Okay. Where were we? He's sucking her into him. Yeah, because it turns out so she used to hold the title of Logriff. Mm-hmm. And so now we get an echo vision of us sort of in the weird Asian throne room that exists in nowhere space. Yeah. Uh, which is uh, Mitron speaking with Logriff um, yeah. about how long he's waited for this kind of day of rejoining. And he's like, like, she's disoriented. Her memories are still hazy, but he immediately recognized her soul and he was hoping that she would recognize him. It's like, oh my God, this guy is so obsessed with her. She asks what he remembers of her past to kind of prod her memories and she's like, she eventually starts to recall. She's like, oh, 
my role eventually went to Elidibus, and you, um, Mitron, were my protector, and like we all failed, and it all got fucked up, and Heidelin won. And at this point, like Mitron really does want to join their power together, and she does call him like her everything and her inspiration. And like when she's with him, she fears nothing, and she went promise me we'll never be parted again. So I guess there's some kind of complicated feelings there, or she's getting pulled back into old habits. So th- that's that. And then back up top, you know, um, he's arguing with Reen a bit about how Logriff now belongs to him. And then he shrouds Reen in darkness and fills her mind with visions of a summoning, turning her hopes and fears against her. And then he vanishes. And now her mind is being used to fuel a summoning we're going to have to fight. That brings us to Voice of the Soul. Yes. Um, and it's... We go and the arena is, of course, the jail in Yulmore. That's her favorite place. And we get... A white-haired guy with a lizard scarf, which is, um, I think, apparently, uh, you know, it's hard to remember, a mixture of Thancred and somebody, I don't know. I, okay. I don't know who, uh, who has a... a, a uh, if I remembered who Thornton was, but just, like, mixed stuff up, <laughs> I have to cop here to completely forgetting <laughs> that Ranjit existed. Completely <laughs> forgotten. That, I was like, oh, it's Thancred, and with a weird lizard s- scarf. I was like, yeah, who, who had that lizard scarf? It's like, I don't fucking know. <laughs> you mean, you don't fucking no know. One has it mentioned, was this expansion. <laughs> no one has mentioned Ranjit in, like, three months. Yeah, because he sucks. Well, we've just been doing the side content, really. I guess, but like, it's not like it's not like Reen's ever been like, ah, oh, back when I lived with Ranjit, like you know, he used to, yeah, feed me s'mores. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he did, he did jail me, but he also kept me, he kept me on that good, good s'more supply. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the mushrooms might have been meal. <laughs> I feel like if mushrooms, was, marshmallows. If there was something to dig into Ranjit, with Ranjit, it would have been more of like the Reen stuff and like the yeah. weird sort of like way that you can still feel affection for someone who also controls you and yeah. like stuff like that and like the complicated feelings that come with dealing with that. But they never do that. Let's so just say, fucking, let's what's just admit it here. Like this, Ranjit was a very forgettable character. So much so that Alex forgot he existed by the time we summoned him. <laughs> Who's this? I think it's got a weird scarf on. Um, it's a cool fight. It's got the. It's got one of the Ultimicia Final Fantasy VIII final boss music theme, which is then it, it, really good, really well done. Um, so we beat him up. He's got a bunch of cool gunblade attacks, uh, and we are back out in Eden's core. Reen tries to uh, fight back with words. Now she stops empathizing. Finally, she's like, "This is the way of the Asians." She wants to, you want you guys want to use our memories, our loved ones against us. That's fucked up. She, she says that exact thing. It's probably the most real that character's ever been. Yeah, Reem finally drops an f bomb. <laughs> just that, her, her I'm just imagining it like it's not voiced. Like it's just in the text box and it's italicized, and it's just like it does that thing where it like zooms in at a Dutch angle on Reen. Like she leans forward with an angry expression on her face, her mouth just moving. And just goes, that's fucked up, <laughs> but silently. Oh God! Do I need to that go would, scrubbing for Reen footage? That to Photoshop would be so one? funny. <laughs> if if any buds out there want to make that for us. That's fucked up. <laughs> um, but Mitron seems pretty bitter that our fragmented souls overcame our fears, while theirs succumbed to the, while theirs succumbed to the 
Anchorman, man. <laughs> While their souls of the past succumb to their fears in the final days. How did our inferior beings prevail where they failed? That's not logical. Or there actually is logical. Maybe we're just not inferior. <laughs> yeah, like question your premises, okay? Yeah, seriously. Apply some Bayesian logic to your priors. Oh, fucking ghetto. <laughs> he summons a red orb and clutches his head. Gaia is still in there fighting. Actually, Gaia summoned that orb from within. Oh, yep. She's like, strike now! And we're like, okay, and stand there a bit. And then he's like, hey, get back away. <laughs> She's like, what you, why didn't you strike? Uh, he vows to purge every last remnant of her mortal existence so he summons crystals of her memories and they shatter right in front of us impurities will be purged there's no room for you in the utopia which this is the first and last time he's mentioned like i guess we we know the Asians thought that the worldly entrance is utopia but he uses the word utopia a lot here i'm not sure he knows what a utopia is anyway i don't know he seems like he's been reading the bible (laughs) pretty well so Reen begs them, like, again, she's trying to be like, didn't you have your own memories? Didn't the lives that you led mean something? Wouldn't it suck if someone destroyed your memories? And um, and he's like, no, to we who have known perfection, they are less than nothing. It's like, my man here, my, this is my man who did shrooms once and is now convinced that he understands, like, the fabric of the universe on a very deep level. So <laughs> Reen is pushing back mm-hmm. and she's like, look... We can build a world as beautiful as yours. Don't we deserve a chance? It, it, all its deaf ears. Deaf ears, Does yeah. not give a shit. Uh, yeah. What, he just says the same thing all the other Asians said, because he's been sort of indoctrinated in the cult of Asianism, um, that, like, the school of Elidibus thinking that everything you make is impermanent and therefore it doesn't matter. Although he's got a fun heresy on it. So his position is like, well, even if we can't bring the old world back, what if we could ma- freeze time and make everything be one perfect moment that lasts for eternity? We could have a paradise without beginning or end because nothing would happen. And it's like, oh, I don't even know if the other Asians would be down with that. <laughs> that's, that's a, yeah, that's quite rogue. <laughs> now, hold on. I hate that. Uh, there's an eruption of dark energy in Eden. There's a lot. The whole world is going to be drained with it, and they're going to join. The, he's going to join the world with Eden once and for all. Reen is going to create an entrance for us deep within Eden's core for us to be able to cue in to the final fight with Eden. And we get in, and it's a biblically accurate angel with a tree for <laughs> hair. Instead, and- instead of eyes, it's eighteen nippleless breasts. <laughs> And eight arms, hanging eight like, arms, and hanging like a skirt from its waist. Arms, wings everywhere. Uh, it is fucking cool, but terrifying, right? Um, we have to fight this thing to save Gaia's memories, and it's calling on memories of primals that we have junctioned into Eden itself, right? So that's fucking cool. It's like, hey, thanks for all these sweet primal memories. I'm going to use them against you as a weapon now. Um, so we end up having to to revisit some of those cool mechanics. In the middle of a fight, there's an interlude wherein we're jumping from platform to platform and observing those moments that that um reen and gaia had off camera we're getting we're now getting a glimpse of them but she's shattering them one by one in front of us and it's really sweet because now we're getting a bit more insight into like actually like how much it mattered to gaia that reen gave her the necklace that they got the coffee biscuits that even like under her kind of like distant and even kind of callous exterior she also was forming meaningful connections Mm -hmm. and it's just in it it's, it's a sweet sort of not a reveal exactly, but just again, it's a this. I feel like this set of raids gives us a lot of access to Gaia's internal sort of emotional mm-hmm. and mental state in a way that is really appreciated. Yeah, 
You didn't get shit from Alpha. Nope. <laughs> Fun fights. Not like not I mean, a I, lot I, going I still, there. Until... I still loved Alpha, but we didn't get obviously didn't get this level of depth. There we was got some, a little bit of depth with Omega at the very end. Yeah. There was some cool stuff at the very end that I wish they kind of yeah. back propagated into more of the actual. Well, I think they did that with Eden this time, maybe. Yeah. So we'll see how. Uh, we'll see. Nothing. We're we're at the end. Anyway, um, we beat we beat up. The the Utopia, the ASEAN Prime splits up and outside on the shoreline, we are we are taken back outside of Eden on the shoreline. We have rescued Gaia's body, but she's fallen to the ground. Uh, she is free from the grasp of Mitron, but she won't wake up. We just keep calling out to her. And we notice that she has her necklace with her, even though in the car she said she left it behind. Meanwhile, inside Gaia's head, she is floating in that black nothingness once again. The specter of Mitron is there with her. Uh, kind of as the fairy. He laments that fate was going to part them again, but however, he's now been at least been released from Eden, free to be reborn, and perhaps fate will bring them back together in another life. But like he he's he admits that he's afraid that she'll forget him and forget the time that they shared. And the truth is, she might. <laughs> uh, but also, <laughs> memories are fragile. But that's why she's keep a diary now. Um, and he's like, that's nice. You've grown strong, I guess. And he's gone, basically, before she could turn around and say goodbye to him. And then she says, until we meet again, Artemis, um, and wonders how she knew that name. Very sweet. But she's still stuck in the black nothingness. She's stuck in the black nothingness. So she- Artemis, if it's not fucking clear, was his real name. Yeah, I, I got that. It's a choice. I don't know why they chose Artemis for this dude. Yeah. Artemis is the goddess of a moon and the hunt and the everything i guess because he pursued her i don't know i guess um i would have chosen and this would have sucked given the the um cosmology of this game but i would have just chosen ether (laughs) i think that would have made more sense like the (laughs) god of the sky but like fuck everything else was ether but i don't know fucking we have people named river they could spell it different possibly it's possibly yeah i don't know that's a weird choice but whatever now now we have this artemis dude yeah. Anyway, so she's. We get a montage of her walking and walking and walking through the blackness. Like it seems like a long time, like hours, mm-hmm. days. Subjectively, she spent a lot of time sort of in this darkness, and she kind of like collapses finally, only to like pick up the necklace from her side and kind of wonder what it is. And seeing the necklace, kind of suddenly it anchors her. Suddenly she sees like you know like Reen in her mind, kind of mm-hmm. facing away from her. She's trying to remember. She's trying to sort of call, like, grab on to, like, you know, her life again and gla- grab on something, mean- like, literally grab on to something like a meaningful connection that will pull her back from the brink. And then she can't find her way out of the darkness. But Reen suddenly slices through the darkness in a burst of light using Thancred's gunblade. And the two of them <laughs> throw out their hands for each other. And we pop back into reality with an explosion of flower petals and greenery. Yeah, so you had mentioned before, at probably at the end of Eden 8, you're like, man, there's some oblivious lesbian vibes going on here. Yes. And then with this cutscene, I think those, obli- those, those, those vibes became a lot less oblivious with the kind of oval-shaped incision she made into the darkness, <laughs> yeah. thrusting through it, and then bursting forth with the flowers and the big rainbow crystal in the background. <laughs> I, I, I think Reen figured a couple things out. I think she did, too. This whole arc, I mean, it's so beautiful and incredible, but it does kind of have the same cadence as that as the f4 f4 reference the previously referenced supermarket snl skit supermarket sweep snl skit 
even down to the fucking host being like, I think I'm going to ask you out. <laughs> kind of like how, <laughs> how Mitron is like still hitting on this lesbian girl. <laughs> I love it. It's, yes. it's great. It's really great. Their relationship is so good. Um, mm-hmm. Out in the lake, hey, Eden's become overgrown with trees and vines. I, I think we're done here. The land is recovering. Um, Reen says it can hardly be called empty now. It's a utopia. I don't know if Reen knows what utopias are either. I mean, well, I guess that's more biblically accurate. It's yeah. literally Eden. It's Eden, yeah. But whatever, we fade to black. We fade to black. And um, the final quest here is the Where I Belong, which is, I believe, another Final Fantasy VIII reference. This is just such a love letter to Final Fantasy VIII. I love it. Reen is like, man, I wish the others could see. Or Gaia is? One of those two. We didn't Reen write is, down who said it. Um, why did you say Gaia could tell them? Oh, yeah, Asians could travel between worlds. Wait, really? I've never... That's what I, they say. <laughs> huh. She is, is an Asian, but she wasn't elevated. I don't know. Just to learn to use her powers? Okay. I mean, fuck. Fuck, if that doesn't fucking come back for, like, Dawn Trail or something. That'd be sick. God, please more Gaia. Please that's, more Gaia. That's what they say. I wrote these notes down accurately. I didn't do that one because I was like, why would Gaia do that? I was like, I'll just go tell him. <laughs> um, uh, so we just go back to the town and rest after that. Um, we report back to Yalfort, and he has news about Gaia's true identity. Um, so he hasn't looked. It's highly confidential. And Gaia says, nah, fuck that. I yeah. like this one. She's learned a lot about herself, about being Logriff, about Mitron, about all these, uh, about how he held on to memories of the past life and kind of what that did to him. And she's like, I'm living for the future now. I don't know if I would agree with that choice. <laughs> I would still want to know what happened to the first 17 years of my life. Maybe, maybe in six months, you know, give her a yeah, bit more time. Yeah, give her to- more time. <laughs> you sit on that when you put it like under the bed. Like, don't, don't get rid of that, but we'll just hold on for later. Maybe, yeah, maybe for the wedding. Reen, Reen does have a bit of self-awareness here and she's like you know he just wanted to restore his world and our whole thing here has been about restoring our well, world so I, I understand his motivations I don't know maybe it'd be like I don't know maybe it'd be like finding an old Twitter account and you're like mm, actually <laughs> like, maybe I don't want to open, open this pull up your old Tumblr and be like oh uh, all that when I was 17 maybe not yeah maybe I can see her point here um Yep, Yalfort's like, cool, bye. <laughs> yeah, like, Gaia's like, I want to help people now, and Yalfort's like, fine by me, not my problem. Sick. Um, but now they're going to the festival, the festival that is named the Crystarium Elder Help, Elderly Helping Festival by Youths Day. And, and like, and Gaia's the one who brings it up, and, and she's like, I wouldn't miss it for the world, and that's the note that we end on. Yeah, that's nice. I'm glad they'll go to that festival. It's going to have every one of those. <laughs> they're never going to agree on a name for it. Yeah, it's like 14 different signs around town. Yeah. <laughs> You're here for the festival? <laughs> I guess so. Okay, well, that's going to do it for this recap part of Storm Buds. We are, uh, after last week's fucking disastrous ad read, we are <laughs> forbidden from the FCC from doing an ad read for at least one more episode. So <laughs> yeah, we are kind of shut down. <laughs> we, got, we, got, we got a scolding for that one. So we're just going to go straight into our sort of a housekeeping segment. If you want to um, keep in touch with us, you could check the link pop in the description of the episode. Um, you will find our Discord and our socials. Um, and uh, 
Also, I want to remind everyone and thank everyone for the support of the podcast. Thank you for sharing and um, reviewing our podcast on Spotify, Apple Music, podcast platforms of your choice. Most of you are on Spotify, but you know, you know. Every, if, if, you're, if you're not there and you want to give us a little support, what you can do is you can rate and review us on your podcast platform, and that will help us out. Every single contribution matters so much, and we have seen them, and we love them, and we thank you. And we'll, we, we keep looking. I obsessively look. I will know the minute you put it up. I look when you show me. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I just associated when you said that for some reason, and I don't know why. Uh, unfortunately if like me you use pocket casts you can't uh, leave any kind of reviews but you could still share with your friends you can still send them that url yes you can and you can also again uh talk with us in the discord hey how much have you been using that book channel over the past two weeks like you said you would not at all god damn it you've been reading a book i have been reading a book i should post about it in the book you should post about it in our book it's like a okay so here's how i have our discord planned out it's there's not that many channels because when i fucking join a new discord and there's 600 fucking channels i can't do it yeah no you're right you had the right call limited number of channels just gonna limit limited number of spaces limited number of spaces we could do threads if we need to in in discord not on thread. Are we on threads? I don't remember. We're not, I, we're I think we're on thread. threads. Are we on threads? We might be on threads. Do we have an Instagram? We have an Instagram account. We have an Instagram account. account. I guess. We have, so we I guess by threads. default we're on threads. We might just not have used it. But we're talking about Discord threads. So anyway, um, for the next episode of Storm Buds, we're going to be um, finishing up. We're going to do the master roll quest. We're going to answer one final question about this whole story, this whole saga. And it's going to make sense once you get there. You're like, oh, okay. That's what happened. Um and also, we are going to cover the yes, your huh, yes, dark alliance race, yes, the dark apocalypse, uh, from near automata, the crossover. You're very excited for this. I'm very excited for this. I love that game. You, you love that game. I really liked that game. I didn't love it, love it. I wouldn't go back and play it again, but. I need to replay it. I have not replayed it in like three or four years, but I I have been looking forward to this for a long time, if only for the music, if nothing else. That's true. The music's great. But yes, that's what we're going to be covering. And um, until next episode, we look forward to seeing you there. Born from Buds, Storm of Buds, we've been the Storm Buds baby. Have a good morning. That's true. We want you to have one of those. (laughs) Somewhere. I said bye.